I'm good if you're good. Yep, I'm just going to send you the download link. Oh. It's time once again for another episode of Seasons Change with me, Vactor, and my boy, Jeff W. Jeff, how's it going, buddy? Good. How about yourself? Trying to stay alive and keep my son alive for another week, or at least until 2023. Jeff and I got a chance to watch a Marvel movie this last week. So that's going to be the main topic of this episode. But before we get into that, let's talk or let's tell everybody you can always follow us on Twitter, seasons underscore podcast. My name is Vactor, V A C T O R. Jeff's is Jeff W. And we want to let everybody know, if you could do us a favor, share us, let everybody know that you're listening to this podcast and whatever podcast player you're listening to us on, there might be some type of a review. I noticed on our stats, our analytics, the majority of the people that are listening to this podcast are doing it in Apple Podcasts. So you can actually leave us a review in there. And no joke, Wonder Rob from the Geek So To Speak podcast left us a review in iTunes or in Apple Podcasts. It used to be iTunes. He left us a very favorable five-star review. So, Wonder Rob, thank you for that. He listens to this podcast, I know for sure, because I listened to Geek So To Speak, and they gave Jeff W. a shout-out. They said Jeff W. Yeah. is a cool guy. Yeah, and I so, appreciate and love Rob as well. Yeah, we got to give uh, Rob some love and Schaff as well, his co-host, because they are doing some good things over there on the Geek News podcast. I actually have a segment on the podcast, Plug Plug. I talk about comics. I have a little 90-second segment. So if you want to listen, if you want to hear more of my voice, 90 seconds more, you can listen to Geek, so to speak, as my wife shakes her head in the background as she hears me doing this promo right now. But that's <laughs> neither here nor there, because let's get right into something that my wife attended with me and Jeff W., which was our screening or our showing of Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. So, Jeff, you you didn't have much shang chi background knowledge from the comics right pretty much none i would say almost none i mean aside from like you know knowing the character exists i couldn't i wouldn't have been able to tell you anything <laughs> about it right or yeah i think i guess the most i knew was aquafina was in this movie okay it's kind of and what it was you didn't uh did you watch what was that show the the main actor simu Lu, simu liu he mm. was in a show on Netflix. It was Kim's Convenience. I don't think no. you ever watched that show, did you? Yeah, I have not seen that either. This is the first time I think I've ever seen him. Yeah, that was kind of his only other credit for the most part. He's he's been in a bunch of like background stuff, but uh -huh. Kim's Convenience was like his um breakout role. And then he tweeted out to Marvel, "Hey, when are you guys doing, do a, do, do what are you guys going to do a Shang-Chi movie?" And oh. that was like 2 years ago, 3 years ago, people picked it up. And his tweet came true because they said, all right, well, this is the only Asian guy we can find. Let's put him in the movie. Um, <laughs> of note, it is the first Asian superhero movie at, uh, where he's the lead actor, at least. Um, so this is the 25th is movie okay. in the MCU. We're yeah. getting up there in age, Jeff. We're, yeah. we're getting up to, uh, to the 30th picture here pretty soon. But what do you think about... Now. 
Just kill me now. Yeah. <laughs> what did you think about Shang Chi as a movie? Yeah, yeah. I thought it was. Um, I think overall, uh, good. I mean, I would. I don't know. I, I would. I would say I'd recommend it. You know, there's a lot of good fight scenes. Yes. Um, there's a lot of action. You know, I think the the quality of all of that is high. You know, it's a Marvel movie. Like it looks like a Marvel movie, yeah. right? You know, it's that, that standard look that those things have. Yeah. Um, I'd say I enjoyed it. Um, you know, it was, uh, I, you know, story wise, if we, if we just want to get into that, mm-hmm. um, I thought it was good. Honestly, like I, I said this after we watched it, uh, when we went to lunch, I was like, I was waiting for him to get the rings. Oh yeah, <laughs> earlier. Like I thought he was right. gonna like, like I thought this was gonna like, you know, uh, you know, maybe he would get him halfway through, or maybe he would get one arm, and you know, his father yeah. would have had another or something like that. And, you know, yeah. obviously he like developed, you know, talents elsewhere. But um, I was kind of waiting for that. I was waiting for like the, um, uh, you know, what's it like the hook of that character? You know, like you're right. waiting for him to like not Hulk out, but you know, you're waiting for like the superpower. You're waiting yes. for like more than just the, you know, the combat skills or, or whatever. Right. right. Um, well, actually so that was weird. Like just not knowing, you know what I right. mean? Right. Cause as I guess comic fans would know, he doesn't have any powers. Basically his power is he's the best fighter. Cause like, if you want to rank Marvel characters, okay. he's the top guy. I would say, just for, as a pure hand-to-hand combat, he's like mm. the best. So you got him, and then Iron Fist, and then I would I would say this is my personal ranking. Daredevil would be number three as far as hand-to-hand wow. combat, and those other guys have like semi powers. They have special abilities. Shang Chi does not. So it's kind of like Batman. It's he's so good in in other areas. That's like his superpower. So yeah. in this movie. What was kind of interesting was the way that they did his origin. This is an origin story, and we've seen these before many times. Yep. Instead of starting at nothing and then building up to, you know, the super guy, like the he's at mm-hmm. his peak or whatever. Yep. We kind of start with him at his peak, and he's hiding his abilities until that bus scene. And I like that change because it was something different. We hadn't seen that um, in an origin story before. But also, that buzz scene, I would say, is the best action scene in any Marvel movie, at least for hand-to-hand combat, for sure, oh. you know, at least for martial okay. arts. Okay, okay. I would say that's the number one. And mm-hmm. I think that is probably the best Jackie Chan tribute I've ever seen. Like the it, Yeah, and that's what I was going to say. It's very reminiscent of like, you know, like they're jumping over chairs and he's, yes. you know, he's like, it's like uh, close quarters, you know. He pulled his jacket off and then he put his jacket back on. <laughs> yeah. That was like, I was like, that's Jackie Chan. I turned to my yeah. wife. I was like, yeah. Yeah. And yeah, you were, you were fist pumping throughout the movie, <laughs> I, I guess is how. I always do that. But describe it. for sure, this was, yeah. um, this was. Uh, a standout moment for me, and you could tell the Jackie Channess of it because the the stunt coordinator on the movie was actually Jackie Chan's stunt coordinator for a long time, and that guy was actually a um, little little bit of trivia. He was like the first white guy to ever be let into Jackie Chan's stunt team. 
and that's Brad like a big Allen, right? deal. Yeah, Brad Allen, and he just recently passed away, unfortunately, because he was only like fifty or something. He wasn't that yeah. old. Yeah, and they pay tribute in the in the credit scene. Yeah, the credits. Yeah, but you could tell like that DNA of Jackie Chan was in there, and mm-hmm. I loved that the way that they staged it, and like you said, close quarters. Like, yeah. what what can you do to make this interesting? So, right. Hats off to the the stunt team as well as the director, uh, Dustin Daniel Creton or Cretton. I'm not sure how to say his last name. I don't know if you ever saw his other movies. Um, Just Mercy was with Michael B. Jordan. Um, I have not seen that. No. Short Term Twelve with Captain Marvel, Brie Larson, mm-hmm. and also actually Short Term Twelve you might like a lot because it's got like Keith Stan- Stanfield okay. uh, from Atlanta. Yeah. Yeah, 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 and that was actually the first thing I ever saw him in was that movie, Short Term Twelve. Mm. Um, I think, yeah, I went to a press screening of that. Now that I think about it, this was in 2013, and that was his first movie. This director, so okay. I think he's a really talented guy. And and this is one of those times where Marvel's giving the director, like, I think, just leeway and just hey, do whatever you want, make it your own. I think this is like a director's movie to me as far as you know they have all the big budget stuff but you could see his um his strengths in the movie like like there's a lot of family drama in the movie and that's what is in short term 12 and actually the michael b jordan movie i think you would like as well um just mercy it's about a real life uh lawyer who is fighting for african-american um Rights mm-hmm. and Jamie Foxx is in it too. So that was a good movie as well as Short Term 12. I never saw his other movie. I heard it was not very good. Uh-huh. So I'm not going to mention that one. But I think he's well on his way here, this uh, this director. He's an Asian guy also, which yeah. it was like Asian writers, Asian director, Asian cast. Um, so it was almost top to bottom Asian in this <laughs> movie. And you know what else was kind of cool? Mm-hmm. They probably spoke more. Chinese in this movie than in Mulan, that Disney live action Mulan. Yeah, I, yeah, I, and, yeah, I never watched the live Mulan, but there is quite. It's a bit, not. And it's not just, worth it. Yeah, and you just. I remember the, the beginning of the movie. Um, yeah, there is a lot of like you know subtitles, right? Like yes. they are making, they are forcing you. And I was read, surprised, and, you know, and then even even uh, makes the comment, you know about you know the mandarin in the movie right yes. like you know oh hey they they made a villain name and it's about chicken or orange chicken <laughs> yeah or yeah that was he great makes, that he mandarin that, joke yeah like yeah. like they make the the comment and I, I do think yeah that is a uh a strong point but uh, just real quick on the bus scene before i get yes. lost in my own thought on yeah. that that was maybe i think i agree that is like one of the peak marvel scenes and i think yeah clearly like my favorite part of like if i have to pick one part i would say that's my favorite yeah like segment like the the drama Mine of too. the bus going yeah. down the hill you know what i mean and in san francisco i just thought everything looked great and then the yeah, only problem the there quarters, is yeah. they showed that in the trailer and mm-hmm. when i saw it in the in the movie i said oh man this is the very first fight scene please don't be the best thing in this entire movie and i think it is i think the bus scene yeah. even though the end b- battle is like you know huge on this grand scale yeah it almost gets to be too much in that end scene because mm-hmm. my wife is not a huge fan of the cgi you know vomit yeah. like just everything on screen is cg to the point where it's like am i watching a video game or am i still watching this live action movie yeah exactly so it i think they 
they do a good job in the in that last battle scene, but it does get a little CG heavy. Okay, so we, we want to talk about that because if we're talking about the CG, so basically, like you know, just to kind of say what happens, you know, they yeah. move on, they go to uh, Shang Chi's, you know, mother's uh, land, I guess, homeland is yes. what we, we want to call it. Yeah, uh, this like fictional fantasy land, which is like they're setting it up. It's like very cool right like they have yeah. like a guardian lion you know like all mm-hmm. that stuff looks like amazing they did that in like cg you're like these like mythic creatures are really cool and then yeah and then you know obviously like his father shows up and then all the stuff starts happening and yeah the cg up until that point i had not had a problem with it i even thought um who's um uh dr strange's boy he's fighting him wong and yeah wong who's wong fighting is it a, uh, the abomination? Abomination, yeah, the yes. Hulk thing, right? Yes. Um, so when you like up at like all through that, I'm like, hey, I'm 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 cool. I'm with this. This all looks good. I think the weakest part, and this is something we talked about, not being able to just go back and rewatch it, like when it's on Disney Plus, like you, you could just like we could watch it in a the theater and then go home and just like rewind to parts we want to see. There's a part where they have the uh, I can't remember the name of the villain monster, like soul sucking thing. Oh yeah, and um, I can't remember the recall the name, but it's this big, like almost like Cthulhu looking esque yes. monster. Right, and it um it uh but there's a point where it's going to you know do the soul suck thing, which sounds really weird to say on the dad. Oh, the dweller in darkness. I just looked. The, okay, up. Yeah. I didn't know either. Yeah, nice. And, and so that thing is doing its whatever to his dad, and there's a point where. You see the dad's head and then like clearly what is CGI all around him. And and that is like the best way to describe it. It is like CGI vomit. And like to me, it was like disorienting in the IMAX screen. I was like, this looks not great. Yeah, we did see being followed up by, you know, following up all the stuff previous, like I said, which I did not have a problem with that part um, looked kind of weak to me. Yeah, I would I would agree. And we did see it in IMAX because. This is one of those films that was filmed in IMAX cameras, IMAX approved cameras. So I try to see every movie I can in that format that it was like, you know, intended for. So I did like the extra real estate. Uh, we, we also saw Suicide Squad, the Suicide Squad in IMAX. And, and it was the whole movie was in that um, aspect ratio. Yep. So I like it because you're not going to see that at home. We're not going to see... On Disney Plus, no matter how big your screen is in your house, you're not going to see it the same way. Um, so I did like seeing it in IMAX. Um, you so you said about the dad. Um, I so I was also at the same time as I was kind of watching the movie, I was looking over to your side and I was looking over to my wife's side to see reactions. Yeah. So the dad is played by Tony Luong, uh, Leung. He is an Asian legend. Like, he's one of the biggest, like, he's like a Brad Pitt, okay. George Clooney type in China. Yeah. yeah so yeah. he's been in, like, a ton of movies. He's only been in a handful of, like, American movies, or not American, but stuff that we've seen over here. Right. So... I did not recognize him. Um, I was just watching Hero, which is the Jet Li um, mm-hmm. movie from way back... And I was showing my wife that one, getting ready for this. And Tony Leung is in that, and he's like super young. He's 59 now, when you saw him in the movie in uh, Shang-Chi. In that, he's like in his 30s. 
Um, yeah. So he's super young. Wow. Um, he was also in uh, Hard Boiled with uh, Chow Young Fat, which is Hard Boiled is that um, kind of that's the movie that made it famous to dual wield pistols. Like that, I think is very responsible for a lot of video games dual wielding. It's the the action in Hard Boiled. I would recommend if you haven't seen Hard Boiled, which is weird. You can't even find Hard Boiled. This is a little side tangent. You can't even buy it. Like they they just erased it from all of the platforms. Like you can't get it streaming anywhere. The huh. only way to get it for a long time was on um it was a an Xbox game, Stranglehold. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In two thousand I was, I was gonna bring that up, but I couldn't think of the, the name of the game. Yeah. yeah. And that was a fun game, which it was John Woo was the director of Hard Boiled, and so they, they got him to to pres- it says John Woo presents Stranglehold. Um and Chayun Fett is the main guy in that, and he was in Hard Boiled. hundred percent recommend that. It that was very influential on on a ton of movies and like just action in general. Anyways, all that to say, Tony Leung is a is a legend. He's been in a ton of stuff. Um, he was fantastic in the movie as the dad, as the Mandarin, and. The Mandarin has like a crazy history, and I was telling you this as I think we were driving to the movie or something, and I was telling you the original, uh, well, even I'm sorry, not the Mandarin, the original dad of Shang Chi in the comics is Fu Manchu, which is this racist character that goes back to like the 20s. And when you see people with a uh, long mustache, it's, you yeah, always say, oh, I was say that's always yeah the Fu Manchu yeah yes the, the facial hair yeah and it's the Asian stereotype oh it's a stereotype of what an Asian has looked like for as long as I've been alive as long as I can remember and Marvel has kind of recently changed his name changed his look and and they they kind of referenced it in the movie also like. Oh, I'm known by many names. Like you can call yeah. me Wen Wu. Yeah, um, yeah. He, uh, they, he d- they did that with um, Fu Manchu. He's not known as Fu Manchu anymore, but he's also not um, the Mandarin. Is not Shang Chi's dad in the movie? So they in the comics. Sorry. So they changed that. They changed his mom. She's like a white lady in the comics. So they changed all of that stuff. They changed the uh, the Ten Rings. Which are actual rings on his on his fingers? Yeah, now and, it's the like wrist rings, yes. arm ring things. Yeah, I think that is a good improvement because it's it's more visual. I think to see the the rings on his, or, yeah, the rings on his arms instead of the rings on his fingers. Yeah. And he had that like Miami Vice nineteen eighties look where he had the suit jacket on. He pulls it up, and yeah. he, you see the rings on his arms, and, so, and in a balance with the like, we don't need another ring. You know, like, do we need like an infinity gauntlet, but light? Oh, you yeah. know what I mean? Like, you know, right. like you don't need to retread that. Make it at least a little different. You know? Yeah. yeah. So visually, I think it was it was pretty good. Um, I thought the story was pretty basic overall. Like, it's not. You know what? What struck me, you know, to bring it back to Wonder Rob, I remember, uh, you know, Wonder Rob would always talk about. You know his favorite Spider-Man movie being Spider-Man Two, right? Because yes. you're past yes uh, that, and that's like a very popular opinion. But I just remember yes. him being one of the ones that talked about that. Um, I feel like that we're like setting up in the same same situation for this series. Like I feel like maybe this next one has the potential to be stronger because um, yes, I just feel like now the origin has been set. We're done mm-hmm. with that. Now we don't have to. You know, we're not. There, there's a lot, and you know, in the beginning. 
you know, there's a lot of this, like, he's chasing his sister, he's going after his sister, but then it all ends up them being, you know, with his dad. Like, so, like, it's not that it didn't feel like it was, it didn't feel like it was for nothing, everything mm-hmm. previous, but, like, you don't have to retread that now. You know, you don't have to, like, hear him, you know, they're not showing you all these flashbacks, and then, you know, you end up talking to his sister, who's then going through flashback. Like, you don't see, like, how many times did we see... Shang-Chi is a child in this movie, right? You see it like several times. Yes. They even go and back. And that actor, I thought, was pretty good, that context. kid. Yeah, the kid, yeah. I thought they had he was, two kids, know, actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a couple. Uh, even the baby. You know, I mean, I'll give the baby credit, too. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, I thought, like, I think you don't have to, like, retread that now, which I wouldn't. I wouldn't say it was yeah. bad. I would just say, like, it's something that I just, I would, you know, if you don't have to do that again, that'd be fantastic. You don't have to, you know, yeah, show me it's these just, flashbacks, you know. Which, yeah, you already know who he is at this point now, so you don't need to yeah. see his backstory anymore. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought all of the, the action scenes and the fighting, the fight choreography with the kids was great, too. That's something that I always look at when I'm looking at choreography is, can you see the stunt double? Can you see the actors actually doing it? And I thought those kids looked like they were martial artists. I don't know any of those those actors, but the adult actors um, who played the, the auntie, Michelle Yeoh. Yes, yes. And the dad, Tony Leung. Those are two, like, like I said, those are two legends. She's been in a ton of stuff, and I'm actually going to show my wife later. She was in Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. She was in um, that the Bond movie, Tomorrow Never Dies. She was like, she's in that new Star Trek show that's on Paramount Plus right now. She's been in a ton of stuff and she's like legendary in uh, Hong Kong and including another Jackie Chan connection. She was, um, she was in Super Cop and that was like a big deal in 92 for her, her to be like a, a female, but yeah. keeping up with Jackie Chan. So Police right. Story 3 Super Cop is another one. Anybody want martial arts recommendations? You know who to come to. You just watched every single one of them. Yeah. And then um, I'm going to put a petition in now. I don't even know if he's a bad guy. I don't know what his state. (laughs) He's 75 years old now. (laughs) I'm going to link you to who I'm talking about. You can put this in the show notes. Give me Bolo. Put some (laughs) Bolo in the next movie. He can do any. I don't care what he does. Just have him show up for like five minutes. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, If we could have him in there too, that'd be fantastic. I want to say his name is Ho Sung Pak. I'm going to look this up real I th- quick. I think that is, yeah. Look, look um, that up. Because uh, he's also, he is actually is from China. He was in, I just know him from from Bloodsport and uh, Enter the Dragon, obviously. Yes. Uh, so I was like, the whole time I'm like, man, I wonder if they got this guy in here. Because his face is just so recognizable to me uh, from those movies. Uh, yeah. But, yeah, he is a big Jean-Claude Van Damme uh, antagonist. Yeah. Ho, I'm sorry, Ho Sung Pak was Liu Kang in, in Mortal Kombat. That's who I'm thinking of. Oh, um, gotcha. But very similar kind of look. But uh, yeah, that's he's a legendary actor as well. Um, yeah. But the, the thing that is great about those type of guys, or those type of uh, martial artists in, in this movie, Michelle Yeoh and Tony Leung. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess Timu Liu is not like a martial artist as far as I know. He's just an actor. I thought yeah. he did a pretty good job um, with all the martial arts. They can do great acting, like dramatic acting, and also the fighting. So I I like it when they're able to do both of those things. Yeah, you, and, you cut to like their face, not the back yes, of their head. Yes, yes. Like a shot. Yeah, that is also that's always nice to have. Yeah. And I thought the dad. A lot of times, 
don't know if you felt this way. I thought he kind of stole a lot of the scenes that he was in. Whereas you're trying to be behind Shang Chi, his dad. A lot of times, even though he's the bad guy, I was he had more charisma to me. He was like more charismatic in a lot of the scenes. Yeah. So I liked his whole performance, like in, throughout the entire movie. I thought he raised up everybody's yeah. level. I was say he's in it a lot. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I was. I didn't a lot. I didn't realize he was in it that much. Yeah, um, I mean, but, I would almost say with any who like who else is in the movie, he's almost in it as much as they are, right? Yeah, like, from the, any of the main actors, I would he is, say he's in there a lot. And yeah, and yeah. I, I agree. I think he did a great job. Yeah, yeah, I would say that he was um, definitely one of the highlights of the movie. Another highlight of the movie, for me at least, was the other Mandarin. Sir Ben oh. Kingsley. Yeah, yeah. That was and nice. As yeah. soon as he came on, I don't know why, but I knew it was him. Even though you're introduced to him just making noises. Mm-hmm. And it's funny because I had actually been spoiled by the red carpet, like the oh. the world premiere that they did. Okay. He yeah, was there. Was happening. Yeah. I, this was it, all a surprise for me when I saw that. Yeah. I didn't know... Well, well, the funny thing is, like, I saw him out on the red carpet, but I didn't put two and two together. I just thought he was there to watch the movie. Mm-hmm. And then later I thought about it. I was like, yeah, why? The only reason he would be on the red carpet is if he's in the movie. Because yeah. Wong was on the red carpet, too. Yeah, um, right. <laughs> so I had been spoiled, but I didn't even know it. Mm-hmm. But when I first heard the sound, for some reason, I just put, like, I was like, oh, that's got to be the Mandarin. And it yeah. was. And he has uh, a, a, a handful of good moments, yeah. And the latter, yeah. and, he, and actually, I would say he he helps lift, you know. Consi- <laughs> like if we're if we're considering like everything going downhill, not like way downhill, but like from the bus scene, you know, like it doesn't get like better than that to me. Yeah. But he is like when I think of that, those later half of the movies, I think of you know the big dragon and the Cthulhu fight. Let's just call yes. it Cthulhu. Uh, yep. That to me, <laughs> I don't really recall much of what's because it's so it's on like a grand scale. So much stuff is happening, but like his character kind of grounds it um, in a lot of that, uh, in a lot of that back half of that movie. Uh, and he is definitely like, when he's on screen, it's a highlight when he's p- pretending to be dead. And then uh, what's the, what's the little animal? Uh, was it Wilson oh, or something dang, like that? I now, think. I'm, uh, now I'm blanking on it. Yeah. Like, we have to, uh, we have to look it up and we can bring it up. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> he, you know, when he brings him up, uh, you know, like Morris, he flops over Morris. That's what it is. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, just, it was just like little great spots in the, yeah. uh, the end of the movie. I, now, I thought, let me ask yeah. you. Let me ask you this. Um, I was listening to some other reviews, and I think people are starting to get tired of Aquafina. I, you know, that's what's funny is I don't, I haven't, I know who she is, but I don't watch any of the content yeah. that she makes. So I was I thinking, and I've seen a lot of things about you know. I don't know, problematic. I don't want to, I can't really like say what it is. Cause I just, I wasn't, I didn't know her. So I didn't, I didn't, you know what I mean? It just wasn't something I was, you know, privy to. So I don't right. know. But, um, I, yeah, when I saw she was in there, I, I was thinking, oh, cause I've only heard like, you know, people were tired or people were very critical, but I didn't mind oh. her in this movie. I didn't, yeah, I was going to say that, bad. that basically everything that she does in the movie is her personality in every movie that she's in. Yeah. And that's, from Crazy Rich Asians to Jumanji to um, she was in Neighbors 2. Like she's okay. been in a, in a ton of comedies and then she's got her own Nora from Queens, which I have not watched. Um, yeah, that's what I, that's what my, like, 
yeah, I didn't know she was in Jumanji. No, no yeah. wonder I had never seen her in, in <laughs> other stuff. Um, she's, you know, <laughs> yeah, but, uh, and it's she's kind of like almost like Kevin Hart. Like she's everywhere now. She's in yeah. almost everything. So I think yeah. that's why people are starting to get a little aquafina out because she's just in so much stuff now. <laughs> oh, Ocean's Eight, that um, the female Ocean's oh, movie. Okay, yeah. she was in that. Like so, she's been in ton of stuff. And what's crazy is earlier this year she was in. Raya and the Last Dragon, which is oh uh, the animated, yeah, yes. yeah, and that one she was playing a dragon and she was just doing her her normal voice. She wasn't changing it. So when I was watching this movie, I was like in my head, I was like, I'm thinking of the dragon character that she played in the other movie because she's been in two dragon movies within six months of each other. Like I don't even, I don't even remember when Raya came out, but that yeah. was a um a Disney Plus and theater release. Mm-hmm. So. The weird thing is her thing that she does, like she's supposed to be the comic relief in the movie. Yeah. But she's ben like King- she does 90% of it. Yeah. Yeah. But right. Ben Kingsley's character is like the comic relief. So at some point it's like these two characters are fighting for the comic relief. Mm-hmm. So I think they could have done maybe without Aquafina because here's another thing that people have been talking about that I want to get your thoughts on. What do you think about her? not necessarily being the romantic, you know, lead versus a lot of movies, they have to have a love story. They have to throw it in, even in the Nolan Batman movies, right? Like they had to have, they always have to have this love story, which a lot of times you, I don't think is necessary, but I feel like it's shoehorned in there to get Mm. the audience. Like, oh, we got to get the women in here. We got to get like, it's this demographic of people that like love stories in here when it's not, always fitting or the best thing for the characters. So what did you think about she's not necessarily his love interest, but then at the end it's almost like, oh wait, but they are. Mm -hmm. And even at the beginning, now that I think about it, remember the grandmother is like, well, when are you going to get married? When are you going to marry each other? And why would they put that in there if they're just... To him, she says that to yeah. him. It's not. It's her grandmother saying that to right. him. So yeah, it comes from that perspective too. Because there's um, like a rule in filmmaking, like don't show a gun if you're not gonna use it, right? Yeah. So why yeah. say that if they're yeah. not? If they're just gonna be friends? Because mm-hmm. I was, I was on board with that. Oh, okay, they're friends. That's yeah, fine. I, I thought it, I thought it was good. You know, right? I, it was like refreshing that it wasn't like yeah. You know, like it's more of like, hey, I'm coming with you to to China, right? Yeah. You know, like not like. You and know, you know what's funny? To, like swoop her up in his hands. You yeah. know what I mean? Like it was like she was coming with him. The so whole I think that time, is refreshing. Yeah. I was like, why is she there? Like, why did she come on this journey with him? He could have went on his own because he had to tell her his secret. Yeah. And the whole time he's got, like, he has to save her every time. And then she learns how to do a bow and arrow at the very end. But as a that that does yeah you know actually thinking about that that strikes me as weird is like he knew all of this history. Yeah, he's his you know I like for the movie intense best friend quote unquote you know slash love interest rather right or like soon to be and then but he wouldn't have said any of this you know what I mean right. he, like he has no family there like isn't that kind of weird like you're just you know nothing you know what I mean yeah. Um, I, was, I I thought, yeah, I did think that was a little weird, but I don't, I don't mind her though. You know what I mean? Like, I okay. didn't, she didn't. Maybe you, maybe you haven't reached your me. boiling point yet with her. Yeah, and so. also that's the thing too is like I have not consumed a lot yeah. like that, that right. like her show. Yeah, if this is your um, first time, that's anything like yeah, yeah. Like, I I I know of her, but I have not like sat there and watched like the stuff she's been in. Okay, um, so maybe that's maybe that plays a role. Uh, but I didn't think it was like. 
egregious in the movie. Yeah. I don't know how you felt, but um, like I think I am starting to get a little, and you know, just in that year of 2021, her having these two movies where yeah. they're they're both like dragon movies, or they both yeah. have dragons in them, and yeah. one of them she literally plays a dragon. Yeah. Um, so I'm I think I am starting to get to that point. And that was actually another thing I was going to talk to you about. The only thing that holds this movie for me back from being like five out of five, you know, my favorite, Uh one of my favorite Marvel movies of all time is the comedy. And that's something that a lot of Marvel movies, you have to balance the action and the comedy. Mm -hmm. And that's what makes it like, you know, the, the, the thing that everybody loves I didn't think the comedy in this one always hit. Like there was some laugh out loud moments for me with Ben Kingsley, but for the most part, I think the comedy was a little bit in the lacking, you know, area. And that's, it's not supposed to be a comedy, but the balance Mm -hmm. of action and comedy is what I think is the draw of the Marvel movies besides being a connected universe. Yeah, it was very it was very combat heavy, right? Yeah. Like it was, you know, there wasn't many, there isn't your moment of like, you know, except for the Ben Kingsley stuff, right? Um, there isn't like a, you know, a lot in that middle of that movie, there's not like, Hey, stop. And here's a funny part. You know what I mean? Like there's yeah. not like, it is very, which it I do, moves. I do like, yeah. but, um, but I think you're right. Cause there is, and actually, cause I had, uh, I was thinking about this cause it, and it's corny, but like, you know, when you're ranking the Marvel movies, mm-hmm. you know, like I think for me where this, it gets ranked is like in the middle, you know, yeah. let's say yeah. like, I don't have like a list. I'm not going to pull my whole list, but let's say like S tier, like top tier yeah. is like your, you know, your first guardians, Ragnarok, the first iron man. Yes. For me would be like, you know, and the, even the Avengers, uh, the, yes. you know, end game, yeah, Avengers, I'd, I'd, yeah. I'd rank those like up, you know, top tier. Yes. And then, you know, you have like your bottom tier would be like a couple of those Thor movies, yeah. Iron Man two, uh, incredible Hulk stuff. Yeah. yeah. The incredible Hulk. Like yes. you have those in the bottom yes. and I would rank this, but I, but I, but I also would rank this like, I guess black Panther would be high up there for me too. Yeah. Um, but yeah. this seems like a middle, like, you know, like if we're going like S a B C, like this is like, you know, like an a or B, like maybe yeah. in between, like maybe like an a minus to me. Like it's yeah. not, it's not on the level of the other ones to me, but it's also not, you know, it's not bad. Yeah. I would do B plus and, Walter Chow is a is a film critic that I really like, and he's been on um, the Filmcast podcast mm-hmm. a couple of episodes recently. He put out a tweet that he said, the difference between Black Panther and Shang-Chi is Black Panther was celebrating Afrofuturism, and Shang-Chi is not, um, i trying to think of the word he used, but it's like... Demonizing, not demonizing, but like the, the Orientalism of Shang Chi is more like a joke almost. Versus Black Panther's like holding it up, and yeah. Shang Chi, his his thoughts were, and he's an Asian guy. It was yeah. kind of like, kind of like corny. Yeah. Like, so I was thinking about that today, and I was kind of like, yeah, that is kind of interesting because when I left Black Panther. I felt like they they took African heritage, African history, and did kind of le- raise it up, and that was a big thing in the in the black community. Was these are kings and queens, like right, like they yeah. felt like better when they left. I think um, versus I don't know if if Asian people are leaving Shang Chi and being like, oh, 
this is our culture and we have dragons and this yeah. is great. I don't know. Maybe there is, but mm. I just thought that was an interesting kind of take on it. I, I hadn't heard anyone else say that. Yeah. I'm going to try like, to find that tweet real just, quick. You know, just me as an outsider. It's like, yeah, like, but, but I also related to Black Panther more because it was like, hey, and even like, you know, he does have the outcast poster in Shang-Chi. Oh, but, yeah. Um, right, right. You know, like, you know, when they have like, you know, in uh in Black Panther they have the uh uh Jesus, what is it? Chuck like public enemy. You know, they have like the public yes. enemy stuff up on yes. the walls. You know what I mean? Like like you know the history, you know the time. Like it puts me in a different you know what I mean? Like whereas like, you know, if they do that in this movie, it might not mean as much for me. Um Yeah. Right, right. Like, you know, you put a you put the those posters, I'm like, okay, I know this is the eighties. You know I mean, I know I can tell you the time period. Um so yeah, I think uh, yeah, I would I would agree. I definitely get that vibe. Um, and actually, I need to go listen to that if that's what he was talking about. I I think that's really interesting uh, for that take on this. Um, yeah, I'm, I didn't think I didn't think it was like cor- it wasn't corny, but yeah, there definitely is like, hey, you know, here's mythological beasts. You know what I mean? Like, whereas like you know, Black Panther yeah. is uh, there is some of that in there, but it's it's very it's maybe it leans more serious. Maybe yeah, maybe it's yeah. like. Black Panthers, it feels more technological, and mm-hmm. Shang Chi is more fantasy. Yeah, it's funny. Even today, this is like a couple minutes ago. He's he's still tweeting about it. He's like, mm-hmm. "Why is Tony Leung speaking Mandarin instead of Cantonese?" Yeah, and there there's like a whole <laughs> thread of people going into the political stuff about China. Yeah, which actually that's another thing. What do you think about like? This movie, I was watching a YouTube video of, of uh, a Chinese girl, and she was talking about there's haters about the way that the actors look and the politics of China. Like, is is this playing well in China versus the United States? And she was saying no. She was saying, like, people in China were not liking the movie. I thought that was kind of interesting because it, it seems like it's a crowd pleaser. It seems like this is made... And it's for, structured for that audience yeah. where there are no, you know, we know the rules for, you know, entertainment in China, right? Yes. You know, the things <laughs> that get removed from video games, like they, they're, you know, the lack of like political statements in this, there is not, you know, at least political in terms of current events, right? Like there's nothing that is going to tip that. So I'm surprised, yeah, if they are not receiving it well, that'd be kind of, kind of shocking to me, especially since, I mean, the movie's killing it, right? Like in terms of like making box money office. right yeah mm-hmm. box off i mean it's huge you yeah know? and we saw like all different kinds of people in there it was the movie theater was pretty packed really for what like a you know afternoon on a saturday you know yeah it well good. it i think the success of it is directly what led to them pushing venom 2 up instead of oh, holding okay. it back mm-hmm. and that's specifically because of covid yeah. so yeah i think it's I think it's doing well for sure, and hopefully, I think they were even saying that um, it's going to affect the Eternals, which we saw a trailer for before the movie. It's going to affect the rest of the Marvel lineup to see if they have confidence that it's going to make money, you know, um, instead of putting it on streaming or instead of just putting it in the theater or pushing it back, whatever. Um, So, yeah, I think it's doing pretty good. Dang, I'm still trying to find this tweet. That he yeah. made actually Walter Chow or Chaw maybe um, is a good guy to follow on Twitter too. He's he's very eloquent and a lot of the stuff um, that he talks about is actually you know what a really good episode if you guys are interested. 
yeah. The, they when, link that. I'm actually interested to hear what. what yeah, look up and, his. And um, I have to say, look up his episodes. I'll try to find two of the film mm-hmm. cast. He's been on the last two recently. Yeah. Um, there's a really good talk that he has about when he was growing up. He was sold this bill of goods, like okay. What you're supposed to do to be happy in life is you go to college, you get a job, you work for 30 years, and then you die, whatever. Yeah. And he talks about how he worked up his he worked his way up the corporate ladder to the top. He was like a, a, a Starbucks DM district manager mm-hmm. and had all the accolades in the world, was at the top of his game, and he was miserable. So he quit yeah. that job, you know, started writing movie reviews and um, I think he might have got a divorce too. Like it, it was just like his entire life got reworked, and he's like, "I'm happier now than I've ever been. I'm doing. I'm my own boss. I can, you know, set my own hours. I can do this." And all everything I was told growing up was a lie. But it was a really interesting talk that he had. So yeah, I'll try to link those on um, the show notes. Yeah. But I think the the other thing that we hadn't talked about is how does this relate to the overall Marvel universe? Right. So there was two really tie it in until the yeah, end, which is right. like, not like a not a knock on it, but they just kind of like they tag it at the end, like hey, this yeah, there's shit so going there, on. You know, there's two other um, scenes after the credits. One of them, the first one is the rings kind of awaken something, mm-hmm. and Wong noticed it, and so Bruce Banner and Captain Marvel seem to be like the only people around after. Uh, or I guess in this, you know, the current phase that's going on in Marvel Comics. The strange thing about the Bruce Banner scene was he's in his human form and his arm still hasn't healed yet from doing the snap. Yeah. So we're trying to figure out why is he no longer the smart Hulk? Because that was the whole thing about Endgame. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he had figured it out. So why is he back to being human? Why hasn't his arm healed from doing the snap? Yeah. And I'm thinking when he goes into Hulk that's when he gets like a healing factor and that's when he's able to heal his body. He probably has not turned back into Hulk since. And actually I think the last time we saw him was the Iron Man funeral. If I'm remembering correctly. And he was Hulk in that. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. So why is he human? Why is his arm still hurting? That's something that, and this is where for me as like, if you're not looking at like, you know, or maybe not for me because I am watching like videos and breakdowns where like if you're just an average person, right? Yes. Are you even thinking of that? And then now with the multiverse stuff that's all coming out. Oh, yeah. Like, like what? Like there's like endless possibilities. So you could just sit there and guess. But like, you know, they could be like, oh, yeah, he came through a, a portal with a, a serum or something. You know what I mean? Like, it's right. just like, like I understand like what they're going for. But to me, it's like that's where you get like you're like, OK, like if you are paying that much attention you like it starts to get like in the weeds a bit uh, with yeah. the movies. Like you're just trying to like connect these dots, and it's like, all right, like this is like this stuff's not making sense <laughs> in some sense, right? Oh, I found the tweet. Mm. Black Panther is a celebration of Afrofuturism. Shang Chi mm. is a fetish fetishization of mystical ori- orientalism. Sorry. Ah. So kind of the fetish fetishizing of that culture or that. Asian, you know, orientalness of it. So yeah. I thought that was kind of interesting, interesting take on it. Yeah. Um, I wasn't even thinking about that at all. And that, that yeah. yeah, I definitely, I need to like hear more. I need to yeah. listen to what he talks about. Cause that sounds like super interesting. Yeah. yeah. 
So definitely check out his stuff. Um, yeah, so the uh, Bruce Banner, and then, so he's trying to figure out where do the rings come from, and he's kind of like, oh, they're not vibranium, they're not any material from Earth, which is from the comics. Like, those rings, <clears throat> now this, <laughs> you're talking about getting in the weeds. Yeah. The rings are from an alien race oh that God. are shapeshifters. Oh, my God. And do you know who fin, fin Fang Foom is? I'm sure you've seen him before. He's a giant dragon. Uh, Big green dragon guy. Does he have a beard or like... (laughs) (laughs) Maybe. Let me look this up. This sounds like a a child's tale. F-I-N Fang Foom. Okay. This is like when people say that comics are corny. Like this is like one of those things that people look at. Like, And even in Marvel, he's he's kind of been a joke where it's like, oh look, there's a giant dragon. That yeah. guy, and I'm and I want to talk about giant. Like this is like Godzilla level mm-hmm. dragon. Yeah. So, anyways, he's an alien that shapeshifts into a dragon, and so he he has he brings the rings. Um, so they're alien in nature. It seems like that's what they're going to do in the live action, the Marvel in the MCU. And Captain Marvel was like, oh yeah, I don't know. There's not anything that I've seen in any alien races or cultures. So actually now that I think about it, maybe it's from the multiverse. Maybe it's from another universe. That's why she's never seen them before. Yeah. And they did kind of talk about like the dark dimension and the whole, his mom's tribe is like a separate universe, which Mm. there's a comic tie to that where it's Thor visits another planet and it's that plant, like that, no, um, Talo is the city. Oh, okay. it's, so yeah. that's where that comes from. Is from Thor comics, where he's he's in he's visiting other uh, planets. So I wonder what they're going to do. Where it seems like he's going to be on the Avengers now. Like they're kind of like letting him into the Avengers by t- Wong telling him about that. Yeah, and like they're going to be able to. It's going to be crazy. Yeah, yeah and they're going to be able to use the the rings as like, oh yeah, he's an Avenger, and now he can use these rings. I want to see what he awakened because I think I was watching the screen crush and we talked about last, last episode, the screen crush recaps are like best My thing favorite. you can watch. Yeah. They, I think they were speculating that who did they call? Who did the rings awaken? And they were talking about Galactus and I could see that could be bringing in the fantastic four. That could be bringing in like a whole bunch of cosmic stuff. So that would be interesting. Um, I don't know. I don't have any thoughts on on who it is or who they're they're bringing in, but they got to bring in Galactus at some point because after Thanos, the only person I can think of that would be bigger is is Galactus because he literally eats planets. So I I want to see what how they do it and how they do this Fantastic Four movie that's coming up here, which we talked about on last episode. Yeah. So yeah, um, all of that. Um, Fing Fang Foom. I don't know yes. why he's a dragon with um, human teeth. <laughs> That looks really weird in that picture I sent you. You can post that up somewhere. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he has human teeth and eyes. This is corny as shit. Yeah, yeah that's not Jesus. a lot of people's favorite character, but um, yeah. definitely one to keep an eye on is Shang-Chi to see where he goes in the future of the Marvel Universe and his sister as well, which apparently this movie was that actor's first movie, his sister. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah, I wouldn't yeah. get yeah. So she did it. Oh, that's another one that we had not talked about, but she did a great job as far as the martial arts and mm-hmm. I think as far as the acting as well. And the second 
end credit sequence sets up her as the head of the Ten Rings, her dad's organization. Yep. And that is from the comics. His his half-sister in the comics takes over the Ten Rings. So mm-hmm. I want to see, is she going to make the Ten Rings good, or is she going to use it for evil? I don't know exactly. Because they put that little stinger on the end, and it said, the Ten Rings will return. Yeah. So Yeah, they make it very obvious that this is, you know, this is going to be something, whether it's a series or... yeah. Is it Disney uh, Plus? Is it another movie? So that seems we'll see. like, a, like a Disney Plus series to me, right? Yeah. If you had to, to make a bet, I think that's like a little 10 episode thing. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I think we both enjoyed Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. And yeah, um, I'd like to overall recommend. Yeah. I'd yeah. like to see it again just for the bus scene. Like I was thinking about that the other day. If yeah. it was on Disney Plus, like Black yeah. Widow, I'd watch where it. it was, yeah. Yeah. I would go, I would rewatch that scene for sure. I might even. Think about going back to the theater just to see that bus scene. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that was Shang-Chi. Um, something on the smaller screen that you and I have both been checking out is what we do in the shadows. Yes. So season three just kind of debuted last week. And actually, there's a new episode tonight. So they put out two episodes mm-hmm. last week, and then we're getting a new episode um, this week. One of our favorite shows, I would say, currently airing is what we do in the shadows. So both you and I were really anticipating season three coming back because it's been a while since the last season. So what did you think about the first two episodes of season three? You know, it, and it was funny because I, I told you and Aaron, I've told actually everybody that I've talked to about this where I'm like, like my life feels better when this show <laughs> is like airing because I just have like that extra like the, like there's this like like I will not miss it tonight or I will watch it first thing, you yes. know tomorrow when I get home like it is a like must watch thing, and there's just there is just so good I I love the first two episodes like the concepts that they're like they just, it's just like endless concepts you know what I mean like and it's been like that. You know, I think like the the strongest I think episode of the entire series so far is the Jackie Daytona episode, right? Like that is like, <laughs> you know, like I, I can show this to somebody and be like, this is what they do on here, and this is like the concepts that they're doing. And then these two, you know, I was uh, I watched them and like there weren't like a ton of moments where I laughed out loud, but like as I've been just thinking about it over the past week, you know, there's just moments in this new episode, in these new episodes that are like great. Like Colin Robinson is like the best, the best that he's ever been <laughs> in the show, you know, and he's, they have Guillermo, you know, imprisoned cause he killed the vampires. And then Colin Robinson is like volunteering repeatedly to go through his feces, which is like a weird bit that they run through the episodes that yeah. are hilarious. Yeah. They never um, explained that. They never explained it. They don't do it. But they, I, I just keep thinking back to him being like, oh, yeah, I'll go through his feces to make sure he's not hiding anything. Yeah. And like, all right. Like, whatever. I thought that was setting up a joke. Maybe another episode. They'll, they'll yeah, pay that I, off. I'm, I'm sure. Yeah, that'll that'll come. I'm, I hope they'll pay that off. If they don't, I just giggle at it every time. Like, everything <laughs> they do is funny. I thought the, you know, I, I and I do like I love everybody in the show. But I think Laszlo is like, you know, anytime there is like a story involving him or like in these new episodes, they rope him in, you know, when Nandor's trying to get with the girl at the gym. Right. Yes. Like when they rope him in, like he makes that whole bit funny to me. Like it is like, it doesn't start with him necessarily, but it also didn't, the bit didn't really like 
start until he came in because <laughs> you know, he's like super confident guy talking about banging her till the lights go out or whatever he said, you know, <laughs> that guy and that character like makes that show for me uh, in a lot of ways. And uh, yeah, I'm just really happy that it's back. I don't know. I thought the, I thought the first episode was like they're not like there's no Jackie Daytona episode yet. Like they're not like, you know, crazy hands down. Like I'll never forget the episode. Yeah. Um, but they are very strong. Like it is very much in like the vein of that show. Right. Yeah. I definitely liked, um, this season and where it's going because this, there's a progression here. It's not the same thing happening over and over again with the first two seasons. Yeah. There's definitely a different power dynamic. Like with Guillermo now is like, the hunter like he can do like this guy's like a superhero on the show now his whole desire has been to be the vampire but he's actually like something that's like you know as powerful in some ways right like yeah you know you've seen him with like the weaponry and all that stuff and then i think like the brilliant thing is to do the nadia you know reveal of her you know discussing how much you know guillermo does for them which is like (laughs) a wrinkle that i did not see that's what makes me super interested in the show is like i was like i didn't think they would go down that level you know what i mean i, I didn't yeah. think they would go down that path where you're like oh that was weird that they yeah. did that because they didn't hint at that like at all prior i don't recall right. i don't think i'd have to go back and like see if there was anything but it's like very interesting i was like oh okay you know you guys are doing this this is very interesting to me <laughs> i think the like obviously like the little the little bits that they have you know the, the girl at the gym all that stuff you know, keep the show going for me, but I do like the the thread of Guillermo trying to be a vampire and then yes. their relationships with him like that is keeping the show like that seems to be the constant uh uh through the whole uh series or the whole season. Right. Yeah. Uh, I do really uh I think they just handle it great. Yeah, I definitely wanna see where it's going. And there was a nice little Taika cameo. Yes. Um, in was it the first or the second? They kind of I think run together. I think that's the first because they they okay. established that they are the new uh, yes, that's like, right. That's division right. of vampires Council, for the tri-state. Yeah, yeah. right. <laughs> the tri-state yeah. area. That was hilarious. So yeah, I, yeah, I love yeah. this new dynamic. And I will say, like that is one of the things that is keeping me going. I haven't watched the preview for this episode tonight. Uh huh. But I was talking about it with a guy at work, and you know, obviously, like Christian Shaw being in the episode. With him, with Taika, you know, her, I thought she was great. I thought that was yeah. funny. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, you know, I've only heard you. Know, we know David Cross. I heard him on that podcast talking about filming for this show. So oh. I know he's coming up and I think it might be tonight's episode, episode nice. three. So I'm like, you know, I'm just waiting for these, uh, you know, they got Mark Hamill last season, which is yes. like a huge get. But also, yes. you know, it's like, I, I'm, I just like seeing them continuing to have like, you know, if you can make Mark Hamill a fucking vampire, if you can bring David Cross in and he's like some kind of vampire, some kind of creep, you know what I mean? I just, like, yeah, I like the angles that you have. Uh, and that's maybe is one of the like major things that's uh, keeping me watching every episode is to see who they bring in. And then obviously uh, to see more of uh, just the cast. I love the cast that much. Yeah, it's it's fantastic. If you haven't watched what we do in the shadows, um, it is a fantastic show. I think we might have talked about it previously on an episode of Season Change, myself and Mr. Fink. So you can go back in our archives and and, uh, listen to what we thought. But it is just continuing on that path of being fantastic. So Season 3 is off to a good start. And I didn't uh, discuss this with you beforehand, but did you watch the Rick and Morty finale? Um, 
so I watched episode nine, and then it was late, and I fell asleep before uh-huh. the end of episode ten. Okay, but I'm willing to discuss whatever happens because I know all the crow shits going on. Yes, him and Morty seem to. I'm trying to remember what the events of what was going on in my head before I, I haven't been able to finish it. Uh, they seem to have like split permanently, you know. Uh, okay, yes, that was nine. Yes. Yeah, so then Rick, it was like, and then Rick, they did the anime intro for ten. And yes. then I'm, I can't remember. I think I fell asleep like a handful of minutes into the episode. Okay. Uh, so I have to finish that as well. But gotcha. what, did you, okay. what did you think? Yeah, both of them are fantastic. And I I think I've been higher on this season than you have. Season yeah. five in general, I've liked mm-hmm. every episode. These yeah. two, you can actually kind of see them as one big episode because that crow thing it, yeah, um, it ties both. Yes, because right? yeah, right. he's doing that. He has like the, the, the getup, the big crow, yes. like you know, fighter uniform or whatever. Yeah, oh, yeah. And that yeah. was like amazing as an anime fan. The I think it was like the all the names of the episodes are kind of like referencing mm-hmm. other things. So this one was um, Samurai Jack. So it was like okay. Rick, Rick Mirai Jack or yeah, something. Rick you know, whatever Mariah. the yep. That's true. the thing yep. is. Um, but I thought. Both of these were were fantastic. And then episode 10, so you said you don't know anything else about the story of, of 10. Yeah, I haven't heard or read it. Okay. Yeah, I've been waiting until I uh, Well, do you yeah. want a spoiler? Yeah, go ahead. Okay. Uh, they bring back Evil Morty. Okay. And they, they want to finish that storyline. So, oh, um, okay. It's that's going all the way back to season one. Yeah, that's, of, that's a long time ago. Yeah, yeah, and it is amazing. Like, evil Morty is like a he's got like Rick's brain in Morty's body. Like it's oh, like okay. he's like the smartest Morty in oh, the, so he's the like whole the Rick. Uh, okay, yeah. yeah, he's got a plan for everything. Like he's ten steps ahead of everybody, and it seems like he is ahead of Rick. Our oh, Rick, wow. like the main Rick. Yeah, yeah. And it, you're always thinking that Rick has, you know, he's got cybernetic implants for everything like you can think of. He yeah. even calls himself Inspector Gadget in, I think it is in episode 10. Mm. But it seems like this Morty, evil Morty, has outsmarted our Rick. So I I want to see what happens. Like season six now is like my most anticipated thing because the way that they leave off, there's there's a kind of a cliffhanger at the yeah. end of ten. But let's just say they go back to the the citadel and the what was the Council of Ricks, mm-hmm. and yeah. there's all kind of multiverse stuff that's amazing in there. There's all kind of uh, Rick and and continuing that like you you saw them split up, so yeah. continuing that storyline of of their toxic relationship and then as well as the evil Morty and the, the Citadel and all of those things. It's, I thought it was fantastic. I thought the ending and the uh, season um, as a whole was great, but this is a good wrap up. So episodes nine and 10, I would highly recommend uh, yeah. season and five, I, Rick and Morty. And I was like, just to touch on that too, uh, before we probably wrap things up after a bit here, um, yeah. the, uh, did you watch the, the teaser stuff that was sent to you? At all? Oh like, no, no, no! Episodes. I forgot. I need, I need to watch that. So you haven't seen any of those? No. Okay. And actually, I feel like we should maybe just watch them right now. <laughs> because oh, do you have a link? Yeah. Hold on. I'm gonna find this because okay. uh, this this is what I was telling you. I didn't want to spoil it. 
but like, all right, you're going to, you're going to see the title of this and it's going to immediately, you're going to kind of know what's happening. So just watch this now. It's a minute long. Okay. This is officially from adults. Oh, this is like, they did this. Yes. So this is what I was anticipating. And like, I was waiting for this to see if they did something, you know, with this live action teaser with yeah. Christopher Lloyd and the kid from uh, the It movies, right? Um, oh, okay. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was a little disappointed when I looked through, you know, because I was waiting for like, you know, hey, this is going to happen. Um, and it didn't. Um, so uh, this is like maybe where I was coming from. It was like, oh, hey. Like, they're going to do something crazy in an episode, even uh, if it was just a minute or two long, you yeah. know, uh, for them not to do this uh, was, I guess, a little disappointing. But I am interested to see if, you know, whatever does come of this. I don't know if this is just an ad or just a tease thing they're doing or if this will lead to something. I don't need a whole movie, but, you know, I think an episode of this like this would be funny. Right. Yeah, that it does seem like it was playing with the multiverse and that there was going to be something. If I was watching this before I saw the episodes. Yeah, I would think that there was going to be something, but that yeah. is interesting. Yeah, um, so I think I think there. Yeah, Rick and Morty is still to me, uh, even though I think the the last season is my favorite season of the whole show, just because I loved every or, episode. Yeah, um, yeah, um, you know, down to like the future dragon album episode. Yeah. <laughs> they're doing oh yeah, all yeah. that stuff. Right. You know, there there's like. Uh, I, Rick and Morty is always interesting to me, even even in a season where I don't find it to be as good as the last. Um, I still think they're doing interesting stuff. I love seeing this, you know. This yeah, teaser, I think it was like, okay, they're doing things, you know. Right. I still think it's the smartest show on TV. Just all the layers of things that they they put throughout there, as well as on top of the the scientific stuff. I yeah. think it's just definitely the hands down the smartest show on TV, as well mm-hmm. as one of the funniest shows on TV. Yep. So Rick and Morty season five, highly recommend um, to everybody out there. And speaking of recommendations, um. Yes. I think our segment that we like to do now on Seasons Change is whatever we are into for this last week and what what we want to recommend to the audience. Um, my recommendation is a sports recommendation, a sports documentary. It's called Dream Team Birth of the Modern Athlete. And it's on it's in a Paramount Plus exclusive. So you're gonna have to get Paramount Plus if you want to watch this. But I was a huge Dream Team fan. In 1992, there was probably nothing more, you know, nothing higher in my my world than NBA basketball. And the Dream Team included my favorite player of all time, Magic Johnson. So anytime there's like Dream Team uh, there's stuff. Been a lot. There's been a, a lot. Yeah. You know, there's been a, quite a few over the years. Uh, about- there was a recent documentary that I got this one confused with that other documentary. Okay. Which I was talking to you about, um, mm-hmm. and that one was more like a movie. This one is a five episode TV show. So it's like, okay. it is longer. They go into more depth. And also this one, I would recommend, um, for everyone who is a basketball fan, because it was, i there was stuff in here that I've never seen before. And that's crazy because I was a super fan of like i said of basketball magic johnson and of the dream team so i've i thought i had seen everything that they've ever put out including that documentary that that was just recent so when this came out on paramount plus i said all right i'll check this out um just to see what it is 
I think it goes beyond the dream team, which is why I find it interesting. It's the very first episode is a lot of um, about the forming of the dream team, um, the history behind it and everything. But then they also have this video footage that Chuck Daly's like one of his assistants filmed. And it was supposed to be, I think, just for Chuck Daly, just to watch and kind of critique the team. Yeah. But then they ended up using it. And there was a, um, a Sports Illustrated writer that goes along with them that this is being told from his perspective. And I think he he's writing a book, and I don't know if it's out or not, but that's what this whole documentary is, is kind of like his book encapsulated. Yeah. So there, he has a lot of audio interviews with all the team. Oh, okay. And that, along with the footage of their practice, is mm-hmm. amazing. It's like, number one, I think it's the best basketball team of all time. I, I, I don't think you agree with me, but I think their practices are like some of the most entertaining stuff to ever watch because they have Magic Johnson's team on one side and Michael Jordan's team on the other side, and they both yeah. want to destroy the other side. Mm-hmm. And it's like the talent level is is out out uh, insane basically. So yeah, I would say for that part, for the video stuff, and then for these mm-hmm. audio interviews, they're all like raw. They're not politically correct. They're not okay. interviews. You know, press conferences. It's like mm-hmm. it's hey, not this TV. Month. Yeah, yeah. It's like they're cursing. They're like I don't like that guy. Mm-hmm. F his wife. Like all this yeah. stuff. <laughs> Not to that point of, of dra- drama, but level, but yeah, I think you will enjoy all of this stuff. And, and also, it, it goes beyond the dream team, and that's mm-hmm. why I think it, it can justify its five-episode length. Because after like the first yeah. one or two, you're like, all right, they just told the whole Olympic story. Now what? Cause, cause that, and that's what I'm saying is I think that if they were to do this, and I, like I said, I haven't even watched this yet. I was probably mm-hmm. getting it confused like you were. Yes. Um, there, there's things that I just don't need to hear about again. Right. And like we know of the, we know the the practice that was thrown, right? Yes. By Chuck Daly, we all we've heard that story. You've heard that yeah. thing a dozen times now. Right. We know about the bird ver- or uh, the uh, magic versus Jordan team, yes. right? Practice, and you've heard that a couple. You've, you've seen footage of that. So yeah, I think if you're going to do this, you have to do what that is, and that's include more. More video, more audio, yes. just more, maybe go more in depth because like me and you have heard so much about everything right. already just through, you know, years of watching all of this stuff. Um, yeah. But yeah, so, I, mean, I think it's an interesting hook into that. It's for, for people who are new to it, it's interesting. And then for people like us who, who know a lot of the story, it's also interesting because the way that it goes beyond the dream team is it follows the popularity and the like the whip, the ripples and the waves of international players that end up coming into the NBA because of the popularity of the dream team. And it's very interesting to see it 20 years later, 30 years later, you know, whatever it is. Um, Oh shoot. Yeah. Next year is the 30th anniversary of yeah. um, the 92 Olympics. Dang. I didn't even think about that. Cause I was watching it as a mid, no elementary school. I was, um, mm-hmm. I was watching it. So, it was a nice, like, nostalgic thing for me to relive that time period. And then also going up to the current, like, it goes up to, like, the, the, the last couple years of NBA basketball and, and all the international players that have come in. Yeah. 
So I liked a lot of that stuff. So I, I would highly recommend Dream Team Birth of the Modern Athlete on Paramount+. Plus. Yeah, and if we want to talk about mine real quick, it's a new Netflix thing. I think it just came out. Yeah, I just saw this the this, other day. This week or something. Um, the full title is Turning Point, 9-11 and the War on Terror. Um, but it's, you know, it is what you imagine. It is also a five episode, uh, about an hour. Some of these are over an hour, a little bit, um, with credits. Uh, basically it's a retelling of that entire era. Um, and I think the editing in here is really good. They don't, it's not a, you know, chronological, uh, you know, documentary. It's not going to like, you know, episode one, you're not starting off with like, the eighties in Afghanistan and the problem with, you know, the Soviet union at the time. Right. Um, at the beginning, the, you know, they kind of interweave everything, you know, they start off like on the morning of nine 11 from the crashes and they go back and explain things. Um, but yeah, it's a very interesting, they go and they go from, you know, essentially like the events leading up to nine 11 and how, you know, the, the groups in Afghanistan gained, you know, power weapons and what led to that all the way out to, you know, the killing of Osama bin Laden, uh, you know, in the final episodes. And that's something that they, you know, there's so much in here. They just kind of like hit on that for just a couple minutes. You know, it's nothing that's like, it's not, there's not a whole episode dedicated to that, you know, oh yeah, uh, they explore a lot of the decisions after, you know, the, the debates and the, uh, the, uh, you know, the politics behind, you know, deciding to go to war. Then they, you know, step into how that led into the Iraq war. They go over the whole thing. Uh, there's a lot of information. I'm sure there's a lot of information that's missing in this. Um, I haven't seen any reaction in terms of like, you know, maybe what is left out or what way this would lean politically. Um, but I watched the whole thing and it was just interesting to me. And, you know, and I think one of the things that that's actually most interesting to me about this, because like, you know, I think people are kind of tired of this, you know, currently because the, you know, it was the last 20 years of everybody's life. This was kind of in the, uh, in the background, you know? Um, but I do think it is interesting to see, like, you know, they show a bunch of the tower footage, they show a bunch of nine 11 footage, like, you know, what will be seen, you know, 30, 40 years from now, like what are the clips that, you know, people will see. And I think this documentary, like, you know, picks from those clips, you know, of, you know, just things that you, that, you know, that happened that day, um, that'll be remembered. I think, that it's almost, uh, you know, you can kind of look back on it now, you know, rather than it being yeah. feeling so current. Right. Um, but I, yeah, I think this thing is, is super interesting. Um, there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot, of, they pull a lot of clips, a lot of quotes, uh, very, you know, and they thought, you know, they discuss, you know, like I said, anything from the beginning of how this kind of whole thing started all the way down to, you know, the details of like Guantanamo Bay, how that functions. Um, how long is a it? lot back then? Uh, it's five episodes. They're all at least oh, 59 yeah. minutes. Okay. That's right. Yeah. I did so see they're that. all about an hour. Yeah. They're all, they all hover around that. The highest one, or the longest one is 66 minutes, but that's probably including, including credits and stuff. So you're not okay. too long over an hour, but just about an hour for each. So it's like five hours. Uh, and there's a lot of information in there. Uh, just, you know, a lot of stuff that I find. Uh, to be interesting now to look back on and see like how that story is going to be told, you know, it's yeah. uh, very good. I, I would say, you know, it's worth checking out uh, if you're into that stuff. Okay, cool. Well, that's our recommendations for this week. That was, Oh, and, and I found out the original documentary film was yes. the dream team from 2012. And that's actually on Peacock. 
okay. then this new one is um I'm getting lost in my show notes here. Dream Team Birth of the Modern Athlete on Paramount Plus, which I always yeah. get Peacock and Paramount Plus confused. So this is just another thing to add to that confusion. Mm-hmm. Um so that is on uh, Paramount Plus and Turning Point 911 and the War on Terror is on Netflix. So check those out on your streaming platforms and check us out on Seasons Change. Uh, and anywhere you're listening to this podcast, go ahead and check out our previous episodes. Let, a, let a, one of your friends know that we are here and uh, we have some great content for you. You can check out our Twitter account, seasons underscore podcast. And then my Twitter account, Vactor, V-A-C-T-O-R, Jeff's Twitter, Jeff W. And next week we're going to be talking about something good. And I think next week we're going to cover the video games that were announced at the PlayStation Showcase. So yeah, more video games and comics next week. Yeah. Yes. Excellent. So that's going to wrap up this episode as... The seasons change.